disability ministry is unique. Uh, there's no cookie cutter for it. And that's why it's having some of these conversations with churches is so important. Sometimes the harder fix and the bigger obstacle to overcome uh, is not the accessibility uh, barriers, but the attitudinal barriers. Welcome to a special Hope Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Brody, and today I'd like to welcome to the show a new friend of mine, Ryan Wolf. It is Ryan's passion to equip and empower churches, organizations, and individuals to reach their disability communities for Jesus. Ryan comes to Ability Ministry with 15 plus years of ministry experience. He previously worked at First Christian Church in Canton, Ohio as their full-time disability pastor. He also worked as a church consultant for Key Ministry. Ryan is an ordained pastor. Micah 6.8 and Proverbs 31.8 best describe Ryan's commitment to life and ministry. He is available for speaking, training, and consultation. And today we'll be talking through the mission of Ability Ministry to equip churches reaching their disability communities for Jesus. So Ryan, welcome to A Special Hope. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. I appreciate you having uh, having me on and, and, and uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about uh, something I'm very passionate about. Absolutely. So before we get started, I want to point our listeners to the scripture here that you've given, Micah 6, 8, and Proverbs 31, 8. Can you tell us what those verses say and how they yeah, describe yeah. you? Uh, Proverbs, uh, the verse in Proverbs is, is definitely my ministry calling. Uh, you know, it talks about speaking up for those who can't speak up for themselves uh, in, in standing up for, you know, those um, that need a voice. Now I know many in, in the in the disability community, you know, have a voice and are able to uh, advocate for themselves. But uh, you know, I, it's been a calling of mine uh, for for a long time that I believe God gave me to, you know, to advocate for the disability community. And uh, just like any other preacher, you know, said, hey, oh, I feel a calling from God to be a preacher or a youth pastor. You know, I felt a real clear calling from God um, to be an advocate for the disability community. So um, that's that's been a, a great uh, ministry verse for me, uh, the Micah six eight is is more of our family uh, verse that we have for our family. Um, to, you know, to love love mercy and do justice. Um, you know, as as a family, as we advocate again uh, for others. That's fantastic. Those are excellent verses. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, all yeah, the verses yeah. are excellent, but you know. There are some who can't speak for themselves, and there are some families who they don't know how to speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's very helpful to have advocates like you and Ability Ministry and the, the work that you're doing to stand there on behalf of those who need that help. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us about the free online consultation services that Ability Ministry offers. Yeah, one of the things that, that we're super passionate about is just equipping and empowering uh, the local church to reach out to their individual communities, um, the disability communities that surround them. We, we know that disability community is everywhere. It's the only mission field that exists in every single community. So, mm-hmm. so we want to help churches. Uh, and, and we know that churches aren't necessarily opposed uh, to reaching out to their disability community, because sometimes they just don't know where to start. And, uh, and that's, why, right. that's why we offer free consultation to churches everywhere. Um, anytime we do online consultation, it's, it's free. There's no charge to it. So many times when people reach out to us, they say, Hey, oh, how much is this going to cost us? Nothing. Right. Um, because we're that passionate about helping churches get started. 
Uh, we want to remove any any barriers that churches have or excuses that they may have to not uh, reach out. Um, and, and again, from some of the surveys we've done, I think we uh, came up with, you know, I think like 37 percent of churches want to do something, um, but just don't know where to start. So that's why we offer free consultation to anyone that wants to start that conversation. of You know, how can we reach uh, our community for Jesus? So what are some of the questions that people might call in with? Uh, if they call and they're, you know, they're wanting to reach the community, what do they mean by that? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more specifics, maybe um, an example or two of what, what our church is looking to do for themselves? It might kind of jumpstart some thinking and whoever might be listening. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think most of the times when churches reach out to us for consultation, uh, there, there's two things that they're looking for. Uh, number one is is how do we get a disability ministry started in our church? Um, and the second thing is what kind of resources do we need to get started? And the, the challenge, I think, uh, that makes disability ministry for me so fun and interesting is the fact that every church is completely different. Uh, it, it's not like an ABC approach that you would take with launching a youth ministry or launching a children's ministry. Uh, disability ministry is unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no cookie cutter for it. And that's why having some of these conversations with churches is so important, uh, because you have to get to know not only your congregation, uh, who's a part of your congregation, you also have to get to know your community, what kind of uh, needs are in your community. Uh, and, and then you start your ministry from from that standpoint, you know, meeting the needs of not only who you have, uh, but ho- who you hope to attract and, and the needs that you hope to meet in your community. So uh, it takes a little bit of research. And that's what the exciting part of the consultation for me is helping churches understand where to best get started. Because uh, in one church, they may start with a buddy system that starts in children's ministry. And other churches may start with, you know, an adult Sunday school class or a respite program or, or through a big event like a prom. Uh, and those are all we, we kind of boil down the starting point, again, based on the information that we gather you know, by who you already have in your congregation, uh, who in your community you have, uh, and what unique needs that you can meet. So uh, that's one of the things that we're excited about with our free consultation is just doing some of that discovery with churches uh, and then giving them the resources necessary to be successful. Right. So what would you say is one of the most often heard challenges that you hear from churches calling in who are seeking for your help? Uh, one, of the, one of the big challenges um, that a lot of churches uh, face is just, you know, how, how, can we, how can we get the word out? You know, you know we, we are, we've got this core group, this team of people that's passionate uh, about starting disability ministry, uh, you know, but what is, that, what is that next step? You know, how do, how do we get... Um, our leadership team on board, you know, how do we communicate this to the congregation? Um, and, and, and how do we, you know, actually start, right. uh, you know, this, you know, this, this ministry that we're passionate about. So that's, that's oftentimes what we, we hear as a challenge. Um, you know, there, there are different roadblocks that the different ministries uh, definitely run into. Um, but uh, being able to communicate clearly and uh, to get the message out is definitely uh, one thing that uh, that I think every church uh, will will have to overcome. Right. Yeah. There's going to always be challenges for um, you know getting volunteers, or if you have volunteers, well, how do we get the people in the doors mm-hmm. now? And and right. you know how are we supposed to meet the needs of this varied uh, people group? Mm-hmm. You know, and that have medical needs and cognitive needs and um, 
you know, and how are we supposed to address all of those and mm-hmm. be able to, you know, be able to really effectively minister to those families. So tell us more about the specific training that you provide for the churches. Right. And, and the training, again, is, is specialized based on where the church is starting, what, what needs they may have. Uh, we do a lot of different, um, very generic, I guess I'd say, disability awareness trainings. Um, where we'll do a training for a church staff uh, to introduce them to the, the ministry and the mission at large. Uh, we'll do uh, some more specialized training for volunteers um, to help them, you know, be better equipped for working and interacting with with whether a child or adult with a disability. Um, so a lot of a lot of awareness trainings. If a church has a specific need, maybe they've had their ministry going for a while and, and they keep running into um, different, uh, well, I don't want to call them behavior problems, but uh, behavioral issues that uh, sure. are cropping up in their ministry. We've gone into churches and, and done uh, trainings on, on how to handle uh, different behavior issues. So uh, with the respite program, we've, we've gone into churches and helped do like a respite training. We try to specialize our trainings. For, for churches to meet the specific needs um, that they have. So tell me more about the disability awareness training. What kinds of things are you talking about when you do disability awareness for, whether it's for staff or for congregation? Can you tell me more mm-hmm. about um, what does that look like? Yeah, so so again, we try to specialize it for, for the church and the community. So uh, I'll do some research on the community. Uh, I'll find out exactly uh, how many people in in the county and the city uh, are living with disability? Those numbers are always very eye opening uh, for churches and congregations. Um, I also do different studies on what kind of services are available in the community because again, the churches might be interested uh, in started getting started, but they may not know what is already available in their community. So I try to help them become aware uh, of their community. I also do some. Uh, what does the Bible say about disability? You know, that's another piece of awareness. Right. So, yes. so not not only do you need to get to know your community and how it's how it's uh, constituted, but you also need to get to know uh, what does God say and believe about disability. Because that's another important uh, awareness piece. Uh, and then, and we go into specific, uh, you know, awareness uh, type activities. I love doing hands-on activities uh, where where people get to uh, experience disability. Um, maybe for the first time in a unique way uh, where they can, in, in, in a vacuum, in, in a very short period of time, uh, understand what it maybe is like to live with a visual impairment, uh, to, mm. to live with a speech impairment, um, you know, to have different mobility issues. So we, we do those hands-on activities that um, force people to, to maybe get out of, out of you know, the, the typical mode of functioning that they're in and, and see uh, for themselves what it's like uh, to live with a disability. Because I think once we can raise that awareness bar or sensitivity um, to to the people we're, we're reaching out to uh, is, is, is heightened and, and we can be more compassionate and understanding and patient. Um, so, so, yeah, there's a lot of different um, components to disability awareness, uh, one being the community that you live in. Uh, one being, what does God believe uh, and say about disability? And another thing is, you know, how how sensitive are you um, to to disability? Right, and I think that uh, I'm I'm guessing that when 
do you find when people experience disability in in your awareness trainings, uh, you know, these hands-on activities to kind of help them understand just a little bit, you know, of course, it's not going to be perfect, but it's just Mm -hmm. to give an idea of this is what it would be like to experience this Mm -hmm. certain disability. I think that that opens them up to greater empathy and understanding. And if we can get them to understand better, then we can get them to relate better to them. And um, and be able to really be more effective in what they're doing. Uh, would you say that's the case? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'll just, I'll give you a short story to kind of, uh, to, to kind of drive home the point. I was doing a, I was doing a training in a large church outside of Cincinnati and, and in this training, uh, their executive pastor was part of it. And, and I, we, we make it really fun. We have like a prize wheel that has different disability experiences on it. People get to spin, whatever they <laughs> land on, they get to do and they get prizes. It's, it's super fun. <laughs> Um, but the, the 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 executive pastor in this training, he landed on a wheelchair. Uh, so so I had uh, a wheelchair in the room, a set of cones that led out the door. So first thing was, you know, sit down uh, in the wheelchair and unlock it and, and, you know, navigate through the cones. His task was uh, to go down the hallway, to go to the men's restroom, wash his hands and come back. Well, the first thing that happened was he sat down in the wheelchair and tried to get it to go. He didn't know that wheelchairs had locks on it. Um, right. So, so you know, we had to help him understand, you know, got to unlock it before you get going. He did really well, you know, navigating through the cones. Uh, but then he couldn't get out the door on his own, so he had to ask for help. So that was an experience for him. He went down to do the bathroom. He was gone for a while, and you know, I, I went on to the next <laughs> next next activity. And he came back, and you know, he, he knocked on the door because he needed help getting back in. And and you know, and then I just I, I stopped. I paused in the train, and I said, I said, you know, how was that experience for you? And he just had this total look of defeat on his face. And uh, oh. and and he said, he said, I couldn't wash my hands. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't understand. You know, help us understand what you mean by, you know, saying you couldn't wash your hands. He said the way that we have our bathrooms built the the height of the sink and where we have the soap dispenser on the wall it was he said literally from the wheelchair i couldn't reach it and the oh my goodness so so i'm like i'm like wow what and then i just and then i threw the question to him i say you know what does this communicate um to anybody that comes into your building uh that might use a, a wheelchair for mobility and he said it communicates to them that we haven't thought about them mm. and that maybe we don't care about them. So uh, it was just, it was like a really heavy moment, but again, it, unless you, unless you engage uh, in some of this awareness, yeah. uh, you don't know mm-hmm. necessarily what your church or facility may be communicating for you. Uh, obviously that wasn't the heart of, of this church. That wasn't the heart of, uh, of this executive pastor, but, it was what their building was communicating. So another thing that we do do for um, awareness type uh, activities for churches, we've created a, a disability uh, awareness, ex- like an accessibility checklist for their campus. So that's one of the things that I left the church with was, hey, take this uh, checklist for your campus, walk through your campus from the parking lot to the worship center, to the bathroom and every different area of your church, check yes, check no, you know, is what is your, campus communicating uh, without you even having to say a word. And then, you know, what are the action plans you need to take? Right, right. When we have people who enter our buildings who literally cannot get from one place to another, I think that's an automatic. We're communicating whether we intend for it. And I don't, 
I don't believe that we intend for it at all, right, um, yeah. which is exactly the point. We don't even realize that we're doing mm-hmm. this, but we're saying you're not really welcome because we haven't thought about you. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times pastors will kind of inherit whatever church building is there, you mm-hmm. know, when they when they come in and 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 building projects are expensive and right. but these are things that we have to be thinking about. We have to be, you know, some of the churches, uh, some of the older churches that um, still have there's Sunday schools upstairs and there's no elevator to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, now you can't, now you can't get your kid upstairs or you can't get yourself upstairs. And so mm-hmm. you have to go somewhere else to find, you know, well, I guess I'm not going to get to go to that class, you know, yeah. but every class should be accessible for, Absolutely. for people. So you're right. And I just, I, I believe the heart of pastors uh, is not, you know, exclusion and, 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 and telling people they're not welcome. I just, I believe that so many pastors are so busy. Uh, and, and if, if you're able-bodied and, and you haven't lived and experienced disability, um, it's just not something that you think about. doesn't mean you're right. a bad, doesn't mean you're a bad person or, or a bad pastor. It just, it just out of, you know, your, your conscious mind. Um, so that's why some of these things like the checklist and the trainings are so important to help uh, pastors understand what what their facility may be communicating a message that's uh, that's you know not doesn't match what their heart is or what they what they want to accomplish. Right, right. They don't know what they don't know. Exactly. Yeah, know? yeah. So and we, until someone brings it to their attention, you know, until they have someone who does want to participate, and they're like, "Oh, uh, well, we'd love for you to be here." Gosh, I didn't even think about the fact that you can't get there. You know, mm-hmm. they. Until their eyes are kind of open to that, and sometimes their eyes are open to that, but um, it's just a it's a long process to mm-hmm. get to get there. You know, um, right. a lot yeah. of churches. I think the desire to reach people is there, um, but it's a it's a long process. You know, building projects and mm-hmm. construction and and all those different things. Would you say that that's one of the other than not really fully realizing how their building is communicating, you know, that, that other people may be unwelcome. Um, would you say that the challenge of being able to to make those building changes is a larger problem? Yeah, I definitely think it's, it's, it's a big problem that exists in probably most facilities that aren't newer facilities just because you know, when the ADA was signed into law in 1990, church and churches, religious institutions were given exemption from them. So like you said, a, a new pastor in, inherits a new job and a new building to, to worship in and and it may or may not be accessible. And and the thought of, you know, retrofitting a building is expensive. Um, but but when, when I talk to churches, I say, you know what, it's an expense. Uh, but it's something that's easily addressed and can be fixed uh, if you're willing to make that investment. I often tell churches, I said, sometimes the harder fix and the bigger obstacle to overcome uh, is not the accessibility uh, barriers, but the attitudinal barriers that may exist. Um, so I say, you know, make make those fixes, you know, you know, make the financial investment in, in making sure that your building communicates what you want, but also make the investment in your people. Help them understand uh, how to be welcoming, uh, how to make, uh, you know, the, the message that you want to communicate be embraced by people uh, so they are welcoming, uh, so they don't say the wrong things, um, you know, so so they so the attitudinal barrier, uh, which is oftentimes the harder one to overcome, 
uh, it doesn't become an issue as well. So while Ryan and I were talking, he was in the middle of explaining something, and then all of a sudden his sound went out and I couldn't hear him. So we're communicating over text message, but I'm still having to talk out loud because he could, you know, he can hear me. So I don't, I guess I could have just typed everything, but since he could hear me, I just talked. So I talked and he typed and I realized, hey, this this is a real life situation where people talk to people who aren't able to talk and need to use a device in order to be able to talk. And that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it reminds me of a of a little short training that we just we just did. Uh, one of the things that we're doing in 2019 is is every month uh, we're, we're releasing a, a short video training, a five to 10 minute long training. And uh, the January training that we just released was on using uh, some basic signs to communicate with someone. Uh, who may be nonverbal or may only use a few different words to communicate. So, because we recognize, you know, there are, uh, you know, communication devices that some people may use or, or, or picture cards. Um, but right. a lot of times they may, may come to church or you may interact with them and they may not have their communication device with them, and, uh, but they may know some basic sign language. So, so yeah, we just did a, a real short video training um, on how to use some basic sign language. Because I think, again, that's something that people get intimidated by is, oh my gosh, I don't know how to communicate. Right. Um, and I think if, if people are equipped with just a few basic signs, uh, you can you can work your way through communication. And, and that awkward moment that, that you might find yourself in um, doesn't have to be so awkward if you're a patient and, and you have a few tools like that at your disposal. Right. And while we were texting, you said something that I think our listeners need to need to hear. So talk to me about awkwardness. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of the things that that I texted Sarah uh, as 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 we were kind of trying to work through this was embrace the awkward. Um, and uh, you know, I, I really like that idea um, because so many times uh, one of the things that stops people from interacting with someone that they may perceive as different from them. Uh, is those awkward moments, whether it be uh, different types of communication um, that they're not used to. Um, sometimes in, in some of the trainings, what we do when we talk about, uh, you know, communication is oftentimes uh, someone is is tempted to get out of those awkward moments by just kind of saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or shaking their head yes and hoping they can move on from the conversation. Um, but uh, that's, it's, that's so harmful. Uh, to a person with a disability that might be trying to communicate to you, um, whether they're struggling to get their words out or they're, you know, using a different form of communication, um, you want to embrace that awkward moment. Uh, for for you, it's awkward. For them, it's awkward. And uh, but if you're patient um, and you allow them the time to communicate, uh, it communicates that, that they're valuable. Um, but if exactly. you kind of kind of rush to get out of that conversation. Uh, you're communicating that you know what they're not important what they have to say is not important and that means to them that they're not right and it's not important simply because they're not able to communicate the way that i communicate right yeah and we're we're putting ourselves higher you know above them when Mm -hmm. we do that and you know when you're talking with someone who um, i spoke with someone it's been a long time um, but they had had a brain injury and they weren't mm-hmm. able to formulate words and get them mm-hmm. out, you know, normally anymore. And it took a long time and it was very awkward. Right. 
but being a mom, being in the disability world, you know, I understand the patience that it that it takes. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm better or any, I don't mean it like that, but just, it was even a little difficult for me. I'm like, okay, this person is important and what they have to say is important. And I know that it feels really weird because I'm waiting for a very long time for, you know, mm-hmm. five words, but we need to be doing that. We need to spend the extra time and show them that that we love them, show them that Jesus loves them, show them that they are important, that they are valuable in society. Mm-hmm. And when we and and everyone knows when you're nodding your head and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, we we get that. <laughs> everyone understands what that means. Mm-hmm. Um and but sometimes they're still trying to process things and it's just it's just not there fast enough. But um mm-hmm. yeah, we need to communicate the value of people. Right. Tell us about some of the materials that you've developed for churches to use. Uh, you talked about disability awareness, uh, the accessibility checklist, and earlier you were telling me about a new sermon series that you're working on. So tell me about the things that Ability Ministry is doing to enable churches to serve their communities. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that, that we're passionate about is just content development. Um, and that looks so different for, for you know, so many different churches. So we, we try to, to develop as much as we can to help churches be equipped and empowered to do ministry. Um, so we have already produced uh, over a year's worth of curriculum uh, that can be used in either a small group or Sunday school type format for teens or adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, it's all it's 100 percent electronic. So that's one of the things that we've already created and we are continuing to create. Uh, we've created a six-week small group study, uh, a book called My Friends, My Teachers. Um, and this is something that small groups can use uh, to to introduce them uh, to their disability community, introduce them to the idea of reaching out to their disability community. Uh, and, and we like to say, hey, this is an organic way to launch disability ministry outreach through small groups. So that's uh, a book that we have published and is available on our website. We, we have created, like I said, the training videos. Uh, those are on our website. Uh, some of the things that's kind of that's in current uh, development, uh, we're creating uh, VBS curriculum. Well, that's fantastic. So, yeah, yeah, we're, we're in, the, in production with that. Uh, we're hoping to have that live in our store by April. Uh, we are also producing, uh, currently producing children's ministry curriculum. Um, and uh, the hope is to have that live in our store by June or July of this this year, 2019. Are these curriculums things that people can use um, along with other typical kids in their in their children's ministry or VBS, or is this strictly for um, for classes with um, with those who have disabilities? Uh, it's specifically designed for for those that have classes uh, for for children with disabilities, but we'd like uh, you know it to be. Um, it's definitely generic enough that it can be used in an inclusive environment. Um, so, so yes and yes, um, but yeah, it's it definitely uh, developed with the intent to be used uh, in a disability ministry, but uh, generic enough to be used in an inclusive environment as well. Great. So, so yeah, the other thing that uh, that I'm currently writing is is a sermon series uh, for senior pastors to use to preach through to introduce their church and their congregation to the idea of, you know, reaching their disability ministry for Jesus. One of the things that uh, that we are firm believers in is that the disability community is 
the largest people group in the world. You know, well over a billion people in the world live with disability, and it's the only people group that exists in every single community in the world. So, so we know that there are over 380,000 churches in America alone, and around 350,000 have no outreach to their disability community. So that's why we want to create tools for churches to use, tools like this sermon series. It's going to be a four-week sermon series that a senior pastor can you know, purchase from, from our website, uh, complete with a sermon script, sermon slides, social media graphics, uh, posters to print, um, and everything that they need to just essentially uh, preach through four messages um, that introduce their church uh, to the idea of reaching their, their disability community. Uh, introducing their church to what God has to say uh, about disability, you know, giving the commands that Jesus gave to religious leaders about reaching their disability community and, and helping to empower churches to go and, and to, to fulfill that command of, of Jesus that we find in Luke chapter 14. So, but yeah, those are just some of the things that we have available, some of the things that are in development for churches to use uh, that, that we're pretty excited about. That's absolutely fantastic. I love the, you know, that your sermon series includes everything you need, the slides, the social media graphics, it's, yeah. you know, everything you don't have to worry. You know, a lot of pastors, you know, their time is 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 valuable, is, is precious. And, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of think through these things uh, can seem like a really daunting task. And so for those pastors who are, they want to do something now, but, you know, they haven't, maybe thought through all the way or they're just they're just ready to get started but um mm-hmm. other things going on at the same time this is a really great resource for them to be able to use to bring to their congregation to their ministry teams to their staff and say this is the direction that we want to go and you know and to be able to use those resources so yeah yeah and i i, I know you know past really good pastors at small and mid-sized churches and you know I, I hear some of their struggles is you know how busy they are and how many hats they have to wear and, and a lot of times they you know struggle to even get to writing a sermon until saturday so the idea of of having these sermons in their hands that you know for four weeks they don't have to worry about uh preparing uh, it's all prepared for them um we just we just think it's going to be a, a great thing right so one well, two more things. So first, what do you hope that these communities will look like um, after after churches go through training with ability ministry? What are um, give us some practical kind of this is our ideal, you know, what things will look like for for this particular church or you know, really for any church. Um, you know, specifics are gonna vary, you know, from church to church, but but in general, what what do you hope for these communities to look like after the training? Yeah, we want churches, um, you know, to go through either our first steps or our next steps document. We've created two different documents for churches to to pick up and work through uh, to help them identify what the current need is that they can meet in their community to meet that need to, you know, open up that conversation with their community uh, to let their community know that they're there and that they care. In order to do that, you know, churches need to reach beyond their walls. So we talk so much about how often churches work off of the field of dreams mentality, kind of the build, you build it and they will come. Uh, right. And in uh, and, and disability ministry, that just doesn't work. So we run into churches that, you know, built this great idea and program within the walls of their church, but they didn't have anyone in their church that you know, either, you know, is identified as having a disability and, and they were frustrated because no one was, was engaging in their ministry. I'm like, well, 
have you spent time getting to know your community? Have you spent time letting your community know that you're there and that you care? Um, so, you know, a, a church, yes, you know, has, has, you know, identified what the need is and it, within their walls, with the people that they have, uh, with the community at large, they have gone outside their walls uh, to make an investment in their community to let them know that they're there and that they care. Um, so they've, they've gone through some of the sensitivity and awareness things so uh, they can embrace people uh, and let them know that they care for them uh, and that Jesus cares for them. Um, so it, it's honestly, it all comes down to, to meeting real needs uh, in the congregation and in the community. So I, I think I think anytime uh, that a community sees that a church cares about meeting real needs, um, that opens up so many doors for, for people to say, okay, I'm willing to give this church another chance or another try. Because so many times people within the disability community have been hurt by the church uh, and, and have said, you know what, we're, we're done with that. Um, but if they actively see and they actively hear from other families that uh, this church is reaching out and is meeting needs and does actually care, it's our hope that the families that maybe have been hurt uh, or have said, you know what, we're done with church, they, they give it another chance. Right. And the ultimate goal, of course, is to show them Jesus and the love of Christ and what he's done for them and dying for their sins and, and saving them. And that's our, that's our ultimate goal is to, is to teach them about Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me, what is your special hope that you have to share with our listeners? And we've got parents, ministry leaders, some are disability ministry leaders, others are just mm -hmm. plain old ministry leaders people of, of all kinds, what is your special hope through Ability Ministry that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, one of the things that, that we hope to do, and, and, and we've created different resources to, to help facilitate this, is we want to connect families to churches and ultimately to Jesus. So that's, that's our hope, is we, we want to connect families that have real needs, that need Jesus, to churches that love Jesus and that love people and get them in that relationship so they can find hope and love and acceptance. We want to help facilitate that happening. So that's why we uh, seek to equip and train churches. One of the things that we've done to try to help facilitate this process is uh, we've developed a, a church locator tool on our website. A family that maybe is not connected to a church, but uh, is interested in finding a church that is uh, disability friendly uh, and accepting uh, they can go in and type in their address or their zip code, uh, and and they can pull up churches that are close to them that they can find that uh, would be willing to you know open their doors to them. So, so yeah, we're really excited about the church locator tool. Uh, it's something that we've started plugging uh, churches into. You know, several months ago, we've got several hundred churches um, in in the church locator tool already, and 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 we want churches. Uh, that say yes, we, you know, we 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 love all people. Uh, that includes people that that live with disabilities, and uh, we want to welcome them. Uh, so we're hoping that churches will will continue to submit their names to us, so we can plug them in the tool, so we can get connected, so we can get families connected. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's a fantastic resource. So if you are a church and you have a disability ministry, or even if you don't have a formal disability ministry, but your church is open to those who do have disabilities and you want to welcome and include them in your congregation, um, I highly recommend 
contacting Ryan at Ability Ministry, but um, go on to their website at abilityministry.com and uh, you can submit your church for the church location tool. Um, so that's a fantastic resource. And for families, if you're looking for a church that is going to be able to to help serve and be aware and be sensitive to your family's needs, you can also use that to find a church. Thank you for the work that you're doing. It's highly needed, I think, and such an encouragement to me as a mom to see what you're doing and an encouragement to churches to see that, okay, there is help. We don't have to do it alone. You know, so thank you so much for what you're doing. It's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for, for giving me an opportunity to, to, to share uh, with anybody listening, you know, the fact that, um, you know, there, there are churches out there that, that care and, and we just want to get people connected uh, to those churches and ultimately to Jesus. Um, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. That's exciting work uh, to get to do. This is very much a, we believe a ministry that's still um, in its infancy, uh, that, that is an emerging ministry and we're excited to be kind of on the front end of that. Um, we believe that disability ministry is going to explode like youth ministry exploded in the 50s and 60s. We believe it's going to be that next ministry that uh, every church is going to want to embrace and have. And, and you know, universities and colleges will, will start uh, offering more and more courses and training on it. That's wonderful. And you are going to be at Inclusion Fusion Live in April. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that's correct. I'll be in Cleveland with the uh, e-ministry and their Inclusion Fusion Conference. Yes, I will be there too. So I look forward to meeting you cool. and connecting with you face-to-face. That'll be fantastic. Excellent. Thank you. If you'd like to connect with Ryan and Ability Ministry, you can find them on their website at abilityministry.com. And on social media, find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all with the handle at Ability Ministry. All of these links will be made available in today's show notes, so please check those out. I'm your host, Sarah Brody, and this is A Special Hope. You can find our website at hopeinautism.com slash Podcast. Also on our Facebook page as A Special Hope Podcast, and Twitter is at A Special Hope Pod. I'd love to connect with you on social media and hear your comments, and I know Ryan would also love to connect with you too. You can also email me at Podcast at hopeinautism.com. And lastly, if you're enjoying listening to A Special Hope, I would so greatly appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast in iTunes or whatever app you use. It goes a long way to helping others find hope and encouragement on the special needs journey. Tune in next month on April 1st. Happy Friday, everyone.